0: And welcome to episode 69 of Slatanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France. And to my west, broadcasting live from his own living room, is Dr. Lee Questions. How Essence. Hey do, Doc. <sighs>
1: Relaxed. Relaxed. Oops. Doc. Um's capacitor broke. I'll um, I'll paint a picture for you. Um I wouldn't call it dingy in here. It, uh-huh. it's, it's just sort of pleasantly subdued. Oh. Um, my colourful Tiffany lamp on the small side table um, is sort of casting multicoloured light around the room. And here I am, sort of uh, relaxing on my small Chesterfield sofa um, with uh, a, a nice sort of um, hand-crocheted gypsy doily draped over the back.
0: Oh, lovely. Lovely. Have you, have you
1: got an anti-macassar? Um, well, uh, I think anti-macassar might be the correct word for it. Mm. What the I doily, That's the doily, isn't it? Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think it is called an anti mm-hmm. Um
0: Macassa being, I, I think the technical word for hair grease. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Um, I've heard some people claim um, that uh, it's a, um, it's an aromatic oil from um, Algeria or Morocco.
0: I don't know. I think I think those. I, I think they are quite literally snake oil salesmen.
1: Yes, um, yeah. no, I think you're right. I think it's just grease from your filthy hair. That's right. Um, so, uh, I mean, the low light level and the position I'm in means that you also can't see the blue PVC sheet that's also on top of the Chesterfield sofa to sure. prevent my numerous secretions from soaking yeah. into it.
0: I mean, nobody wants your fluids spilling into their upholstery, do they? No. Um,
1: Surely. But I mean, after, um, after I've drunk the, um, the four gallons of goat blood, um mm. that i've got on the other small side table i'm i'm hoping that during this the small furlough during this small sojourn at home mm-hmm. um i'll be able to regrow some semblance of human epidermis so i mean ho- hopefully um the the the, the weeping of <laughs> fluids will, will, will stop quite quite soon it, it 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 was actually quite serendipitous because
0: my my flux capacitor broke and I was, I was I was scrabbling around, you know, kind of snipping green wires, tying blue and red wires together, pressing buttons marked future and past and Asia and Africa, and nothing was happening. All the time I was thinking that here's the good doc. He's expecting his atoms to be rendered unto naught and then reassembled in a different place. Then, in a different order. In a different order. Then I got the message from you saying, actually... I need some time to kind of rehabilitate, kind of regrow some of my skin. And I thought, well, that's a stroke of luck, isn't it? That's that's what I thought to myself. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, um, through, David Cronenberg is a really good director. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll never forgive him for one thing. Um, In my multiple watchings of The Fly.
2: Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. No? Not you? You're too chicken shit to be a member of the dynamic duo club? Okay, then great. I'll find somebody else. Somebody who can keep up with me. Seth, you have to listen to me.
0: You're afraid to dive into the plasma pool, aren't you? You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? I bet you think that you woke me up about the flesh, don't you? But you only know society's straight line about the flesh. You can't penetrate beyond
2: society's sick, grey fear of the flesh.
0: Drink deep! or taste not the plasma spring. See what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh. A deep, penetrating dive into the plasma pool.
1: Um, I've always tried to catch what the algorithm is that that, that Jeff Goldblum has on um, on his monitor
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because I really want to know what the algorithm is because I'm fascinated by the idea of during the teleportation process, like uh, doing what happens to the baboon and turning myself inside out.
0: Oh yes, yes, yeah. You, 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 your organs literally on the external.
1: That's right. Yeah. Grotesque, um, doc. You,
0: you you are you are you are a foul enough entity as it is. We don't we do not want to see you. Rendered
1: inside out. Well, yeah. The, the, another plan um, I've got is to literally have myself filleted and then grow an exoskeleton. Oh yes. Ah. Um, and then <laughs> if I can do if I can do that process successfully, then I might regain some semblance. If I can turn myself inside out and put the exoskeleton on the inside. Yes.
0: And I'll you tell see you where I'm doc. going
1: with this, can't you?
0: I'll tell you what, Doc. If you can stop vomiting onto your food and then sucking up the <laughs> the corroded matter. I may, I may yet invite you around for dinner. I've had an that's interesting,
1: too much to ask.
0: I've had an interesting day today, Doc. Go um, on. Literally, fifteen minutes before we hit record on this um, particular episode, I was speaking to a young Ukrainian lady who fled Kiev just four days
1: ago. Um, I don't think we call it. I don't think we uh, we call it Kiev these days. That do we? What do we call it? Uh, i think we uh, we call it kiev
0: well <laughs> she called it kiev when she was speaking to me so maybe uh, maybe, maybe she should just be polite
1: no um i can never resist things like that when um news media decide that they, they they have to be sensitive to someone or other despite not being sensitive to those people in recorded history mm-hmm. um I remember when, for whatever reason, it was decided that we had to be more friendly towards the People's Republic of China and began referring to the capital city as Beijing. Oh, yes. Um, instead of Peking, mm-hmm. which English-speaking people had called it, obviously, completely incorrectly.
0: Mm. This is very like very Bombay, thing. Mumbai, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, anyway, do carry on. Um, I teach um, several French
0: students. Um, one particular gentleman that I teach once a week, we do an hour and a half session most weeks, is a, 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 a chap called Fabrice. Um, and he, he has taken it upon himself to um, kind of give shelter to a Ukrainian person um, called Natasha. They met when they were dancing in. I think, they were, I think they went to like a dance festival in Prague about last September, something like that. Mm. Um, and they got friendly and they've kept in touch ever since. And then she she put a call out basically saying, help. Um, and he said, well, I'll help you. If you can make your way to uh, Lyon, then I'll help you. And she managed to make her way. She managed to make her way to Lyon. And, and so, so so my usual kind of, French English lesson to to the French guy just became like a really interesting chat with um, you know, with somebody recently fleeing uh, you know, like a potential conflict zone Um, a a new experience for me, Doc I I didn't really know what to say, what on earth you know, what on earth do you say? I don't know, Doc
1: Um, But I, I, I think um, isn't someone living in your house a refugee at the moment? Uh, no, no, I don't think I've got a refugee
0: here. Um, I've got—I live with a Romanian, um, and there's somebody from West Africa. I couldn't—I couldn't pinpoint the country. Um, hmm. And and then there's you know there's an English couple. No, I don't, no, no refugee here, doc. I don't think.
1: Sorry, um, sorry, I, I, I misunderstood you. That's um, all right. I'm. Um, I'm getting alarmed by the hysteria um, of the reportage um, of this particular conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I've got a bit of an an appeal to make um, to anyone who might be listening and who might be predisposed to pay any attention to me. Being horrible to real, actual Russian people isn't gonna help anything at all. Yeah,
0: that's true. I agree with that, Doc. That's for sure. Yeah, and and, and that was part of the conversation actually. Yeah. She, she showed no hostility towards, like you, you know, like you, Common garden Russian person
1: at all. Yeah, um, and I mean that the, there's <clears throat> there's been an escalation of um, there's been an escalation of and an alarming silence about assaults on ethnic Russians mm-hmm. um, in the UK. Um, in an unsurprising display of mealy-mouthedness, um, no-one in the UK press is actually prepared to use the word racist, even though that's clearly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, if you're listening to this, by definition, you already know what it's like to be an outcast, and you and, and, and you should damn well know what it's like to have most of the world against you. Yeah. Um, so, time for sympathy.
2: Yeah,
0: although sympath- sympathy on... To, to you know, sympathy to to both part, to you know, to, to all parties, I would say, Doc. Mo um, made a mistake today, Doc. What did do you do? I bought, I, I bought a box of wine. Um, why I was that a mistake? A, I bought a box of
1: wine. Um, what? What? Like, was it a mistake because you don't normally buy cheap booze, or was it a mistake because? <laughs>
0: It's a mistake because my thought process was: um, if if I buy a box of wine, that will last me longer, and therefore will be cheaper, and so therefore all round will be better for me. But of course, stock. I forgot the 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 crucial component. I've got no impulse control, so it could be a drunken one. It could be a drunken one.
1: (laughs) Um, there's something I'm missing here. Explain to me again why this is a mistake. That's true, you're right. Doc, what have we been listening to? Um, so, regular listeners may have been sort of bemused at the fact that um, I seem to listen to um, a lot of cute Asian pop music, um, and a lot of 50s exotica, and a lot of porno funk. Um, and I don't often seem to listen to metal um according to this part of the show for whatever reason i've been listening to lots of metal just recently great doc i,
0: I don't well, know if i'll put, put, put hair on your balls doc come on
1: yeah um i don't know if I, I, I've, I've shared this i've developed a marvelous new technique for learning about new music that i haven't heard before which is whenever i read see think of a particularly revolting or pathological expression. um I make a mental note of it. And I know full well that if I look up on Encyclopedia Metallum, there will be a band with that name. I just ah. know the one. <laughs> and, then, and then I track down something of theirs to listen to. So, um, as you know, I started off with partially digested. That's right. Um, I, 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 I'm
0: the- still looking forward to it wait, wait, when you hit us with cystic fibrosis, Doug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 um, there's a few i know to avoid uh you know I, i've i've heard cancer before and <laughs> i don't particularly yeah. feel the need to go there um uh, croissfeld Jakob disease uh, <laughs> had one great ep um but I, I i i lost that ages ago
0: munchausen syndrome by proxy <laughs> <laughs> um
1: <laughs> <laughs> Munchausen syndrome by proxy. <laughs> uh, isn't that when you burn your own children with lit cigarettes and things well, like that? I think, Munch, I think Munch, own-
0: Munchausen syndrome is when you kind of delight in the sympathy you get based on your own ailments. And then when it goes by proxy, that right. is generally when it's your children basis. As the sympathy you get for the grief caused by injury to people that you
1: ostensibly care for or love.
0: Right. Sick, um, yeah. It's sick,
1: man. It's fucking twisted. Um, I, I, I just sort of um, associate it with, um, like, <laughs> fat, drunken mothers putting out cigarettes on their yeah. children. And you're
0: spot on. That's exactly correct.
1: Um, <clears throat> it, it, so correct me about one thing before we move on to today's battle. Hmm. I had the idea, honestly, that Linkhausen syndrome was... Um, um, just the pleasure you got from being able to fool people by telling more and more and more outrageous lies my understanding and I'm not a doctor unlike
0: you <laughs> um, and I'm not a psychiatrist that's true all of all of my knowledge comes from house md Really great TV show uh, starring and Sean Hudson. Uh, and Sean Hudson starring. You learned a lot, um, about,
1: you, you, you learned a lot about clinical pathology from Sean Hudson,
0: and a lot about anatomy as well, especially the way that yeah. anatomy disintegrates <laughs> under, under under the impact of a bullet. Um, I think it 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 it, it is a psycholo- a psychological condition where you you know you you glean pleasure from the sympathy that other people give you on the on your particular plight normally like a medical plight right i think i think doc but i stand gotcha. to be corrected
1: so um today's uh, this 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 week's band um i just picked i, I must have spotted it in a newspaper probably someone who looked too thin or something and i thought skeletal what a great there's got to be a band called skeletal i'm going to yeah. track them down and listen to them <laughs> and i did and i love them to bits what's the track called doc here we it's go it's called intelligent design <laughs>
0: do there doc i was just getting on fucking down to a bit of skeletal that is awesome doc what a that is, fantastic mate. that is brilliant it sounds um, swedish as fuck but i don't think it is I, I have a suspicion once again it's south american you know is it really hang on let's, let's have a look here we go um pull the paint <laughs> skeletal um finish wouldn't you know okay um, there you go. so scandinavian at least um let's have a look what we got death metal lyrical themes there's only one <laughs> like the death it is death, <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> it is death. Um, what they got what they've got going on we've got one ep 2014 um and then two two albums dreadful life for 2017 bitterness and burning hatred in 2020 um i don't know which one that, that particular cut comes from but um absolutely sensational i, I just, I'm such a sucker for that kind of rolling Swedish-sounding guitar, man. You know. Oh, definitely. Of, you know, I, I, I know it kind of gets lumped in with death and Roll, which I love, but the purists don't. But that is not Death not death and Roll. That is full on. That is full fucking face death metal, mate. That is great. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's,
1: that's proper death metal in the old way.
0: Not half, um, mate. I tell you what, if so- you'd have told me that was that, that came out in 1995, I'd have believed you. Um but at the very earliest that was 2014, depending on which particular release that was.
1: Do, do you want another oh,
0: 20 seconds or so?
1: so? Oh, I think so.
0: Yes, man. Honestly, all day long, Doc. That's absolutely great.
1: Yeah. The last couple of weeks have been an encouraging um, experience for me. Um, You and I have talked about this a lot, that one of the most disconsolating things about being in the 21st century and trying to find new music to listen to is that there's just so damn much of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we've got no idea what gems we're missing out on, and we've got no idea how authoritatively we can actually speak when we say it's not as good as it used um, one of my more prideful seamster skills from back in the day was um, all right, I am going to brag for a second here. And an unerring instinct I had for digging cool stuff out of record shops and fanzines and the underground and stuff like sure. this, um, and um, I lost a lot of faith in it. Mm. I lost a lot of faith in my ability to do that over the last quarter of a century or so, um, and I've I've taken I, 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 I took it up again, and I thought to myself, you know what, you used to do this. Nothing about you has changed very much. Just go on the hunt for some good stuff again. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Doug, I I'm quite, right? quite pleased with myself at the moment.
0: No, and and so you should be, Doc. So you should be. But what is notable is the stuff that's sticking out to you. And and, and me too as well.
1: Is sounds all like stuff it's twenty five years old. Sounds
0: like it's twenty five <laughs> years old, and <doesn't> it <laughs> yeah. So so we are still kind of mired in the past. But whatever, we're we're middle aged men. Fuck you, world, <laughs> um, Doc. My, my my entry into the what have we been listening to section um, is a band called Belfagor. Um, oh, yes, these guys come from. Have you, have you heard of them?
1: Um, I remember them being advertised in probably Sounds of Death magazine. It's certainly um, possible.
0: Yeah, 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 certainly because their first release was ninety four. So yeah, they've been kicking yeah. around for a while. Um, Do
1: I suspect that they used to be on Napalm Records or maybe oh, still oh, are
0: on oh, Napalm Records? Let's have a look. Actually, uh, label does he tell us the label on? Um, on the front page of current label, Nuclear Blast. But I couldn't tell you what, what, what they are on in the past. Um, so, yeah, they, they've been kicking around for the, for the best part, like, 20, 27, 28 years.
1: Um, and, and being on the same label as Pungent Stench doesn't
0: hurt hurt now, does it? Well, it, does, it certainly does not. Nuclear Blast, you know, my, my Christ. They, they, they've certainly supported some really, really great bands. Um, I think they're, like, what, 10 or 11, 10 or 11 albums in by this point. And the Mm -hmm. cut I'm going to play for you is off their 2014 release, Conjuring the Dead. And he's, in fact, the very track, Conjuring the Dead. Here we go. dark so it's kind of grimy and slimy and doomy, heavy as fuck
1: listeners can't see this but you can just the huge shit-eating grin I've got on my face Ah. at the moment because I I can't believe how fucking awesome that is
0: yeah it's absolutely great um their early stuff I I, you know I heard this track and I loved it and so I kind of went digging some of their early stuff is, is really rough and ready still great but really rough and ready but, but they've had some money chucked at them. Basically, the, produ- the, the levels of production have gone up. You could, uh, dear listener, go and check out the video for this for this track, Conjuring the Dead. Um, it's it proper kind of full on, gore tastic, and they're <laughs> just just to upset people. Blasphemous imagery, blood and guts everywhere. Oh, it's absolutely great. There's a bit later in the in the track. I I, I don't know like the time cut, so I can't I, I can't like skip to it, but d- d- like the female vocalist comes in and she's she's just saying priest, bastard priest. It's honestly yeah. it's absolutely <laughs> fucking great. That's Belfort Um a bit of detail, some details for you. They're from um, Austria. Uh, probably why they're so fucking perverted, <laughs> that. Um, Salzburg in particular uh, formed in 1992. Um, we've got four lyrical themes, Doc. Don't do have five guesses. See how many you can get. Let's say blasphemy. One, it's correct. Uh,
1: Satanism, it's correct. Oh, this is really tough. You are. Uh, darkness. No, it's not there. Oh, my God. No. Um, uh, perversion.
0: Perversion. Darkness is unbelievable. you got three out of the four, man. you got <laughs> one <laughs> more. Um, <laughs> uh, religion. No, no you're no. out of here. You? you did brilliantly. Okay. Brilliantly. That's, that, that's your best effort. Yeah, that was great. Um, the last one is sadomasochism. Oh, <laughs> um, there we go. There we go, Doc. The Russian
1: yeah. and sadomasochism. And
0: sadomasochism,
1: yeah. Absolutely because, great. Belfergore. Let's be certain about this. The one is not a subset of the other. They're two exactly. completely different things.
0: No Venn diagram can join those things together. Let's be <laughs> <laughs> um, Doc, we've got some um, corrections to make. It's chow time, motherfucker. Don't forget. Uh, for uh, new listeners, maybe we should remind them actually what chow time stands for. Chow, mm-hmm. C-I-A-O. Le Coisement Informational. Additional, et les observations. Ciao time, motherfucker. We've only got two. We weren't sure if Cannibal Corpse predated Divine Intervention, so we did a bit of digging. The Corpse were formed in 1988, and by the time of Divine Intervention's release, had already pumped out the Obligatory demo, plus an EP, and no less than four full-length albums. So there you go, Doc, way before... Oh. That's crazy, man. That honestly, time fucking distorts in your mind, doesn't it?
1: Um, I suppose what's surprising to me when I hear things like Cannibal Corpse formed in 1988, I assume that all of those bands have been knocking around for a lot longer. Um, I would. I, I expect you to tell me that they were. That they formed in like eighty two or eighty four or something. Like no, that.
0: No, no, honestly, that, that, that don't work that way for me. It, 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 I was thinking like ninety two. You know, you know. I, I, I kind of I, our time corridors are very different. there, doc. Um, second one at the end of the fictional reality episode, the doc posed a question for the next episode, which we forgot to follow up on. You asked, doc. With all of this reactionary lyrical crap, talking about the, the lyrics of fictionality, does this mean that Pantera are involved here
1: somewhere? What do you mean by that, Doc? Right. Um, this is a really good time for me to revisit this question. Because in the following episode, which, if you recall, comes across as oddly reactionary, but in a completely different way. Yeah. I felt the need to say, well, like, maybe I need to go back and re-listen to fictional reality. Yeah. And I I put forward the theory that what we're listening to is actually a concept album based on something such as Kerry King travelling around America, for instance, on tour with Slayer, collecting the opinions of what various different parts of America think about their own country. What I meant about were Pantera involved? Uh, Pantera's brand of humorless redneck machismo became uncomfortably influential in the few years following vulgar display of power in fact doc let's do this as as the
0: topic of the week because this feels like a conversation to be had doesn't it
1: yeah yeah
0: you know i don't i don't want to truncate you here doc so you've got the floor man we've got five or ten minutes to talk about this so yeah don't feel the need to be brief
1: um, I, it just started life with that question that, that that came completely off the cuff um just to repeat myself like pantera's very very uncomfortable breed of um and and, and not just pan there was a hip hop group called house of pain um mm-hmm. and their shtick was that they were irish violent and thick okay mhm um, name a track doc
0: another name is that jump um, jump around
1: yeah jump around guys?
0: yeah uh-huh. um This
1: there them. seemed to be this sort of odd subculture that this 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 odd sub movement.
0: Did you say they were Irish?
1: Um, they're from Boston.
0: Ah, oh. oh, I see. Um, I, I see, like American um, Irish. I get you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, th-
1: th- there's 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 a very rude expression. Um, that I, I, I won't use on air. Uh, if you know it, then you know what I mean.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, yes. it, people of Irish descent who, despite having no connections to Ireland nowadays whatsoever, um, protest their Irish heritage a little bit too loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, House of Pain are the sort of Rudetto ad absurdum um, of that type, um, and you would think, wouldn't you, near the end of the 20th century, that characterising Irish people as um, violent, thick, drunken layabouts mm. would be a sort of borderline, uh, uh, like an acceptable racist stereotype?
0: Yeah, absolutely. When um, we all know that they're, that, you know, they're, they're they're kind of patio laying imbeciles with eyebrows on their cheeks, you know, of course.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it, so it's it's just a slightly outdated stereotype. Of course, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, we're just, teasing. We're teasing, guys. We're teasing. Um, and then I feel as though, like the, the that was on the hip hop side, and then on the metal side, you've got Pantera, who seemed to gleefully buy into um, a bunch of stuff that a bunch of stuff that if you like. Those nambi wet liberals up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, probably, secret th- probably, probably secretly think Texans are like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's something about there's something about Pantera, and I, I've got to say this: if you meet someone or if you run into someone who is by and large a fan of Pantera and not much else. In my experience, you're around Orongan and I, 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 I feel the need to get some distance between me and them very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, I agree with this, Doc. Um, Pantera are a band that have always given me bad vibes. Um, I, don't, I don't like their posturing in particular. I think it's... Um, I, th- I, th- I think they are responsible, partly, along with Fear Factor, and, uh, Fear Factory, not, not not the Joe Rogan um, kind of extreme um, uh, kind of challenged TV show. Fear Factory, Fear Factory, the band, um, kind of responsible for the kind of uh, biohazard as well. Maybe took them in, took them in there to for the for the dreadful kind of oh awful kind of new metal invasion that came like late early, late late nineties, early noughties. Um, I find they're kind of just just this idea that kind of like dripping machismo somehow kind kind of makes you cool I find it problematic Um, I I would imagine I would imagine the Pantera show is not particularly gay friendly you know or boy friendly so that's a problem for me go fuck yourselves
1: Um, I've been on about this a lot during this project not so much for a while not so much for the last year but I've gone on about this a lot. I know a lot of people for whom heavy metal and horror and science fiction, often all at the same time, was an escape route from um, societal poverty and domestic violence and violent abuse. Um, and it's always been a, a very key misunderstanding that I've, that, as to how the straight world encodes metal and you'll hear a lot of people who don't understand talk about how metal is um macho and violent and misogynistic um and that's never been my experience um it metal doesn't recognize taboos or it doesn't metal doesn't recognize that you should be polite um and as a result of which it offends some people sometimes but um, heavy metal is an equal opportunities purveyor of offence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it doesn't sort of single out any particular group. Um, Pantera, look and act like your drunk violent, the Abusive Dad.
0: Yeah, no, you're right, Doc. Yeah, and I I, I always found it very, very off-putting. And here's the thing as well. I'll throw this fucking grenade in. I think they've got about five good songs. Well, they've got like five... Well, people think they've got about five albums. They've actually got about nine albums because their first four albums were kind of, you know, for all their kind of bravado and machismo, a bunch of fucking faggoty hair metal crap.
1: Yeah, um, that's... Um, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, they're another one of those bands, and they're more famous for their T-shirts than their actual songs, aren't they? Mm,
0: I think you're right. Yeah, I, 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 I don't really, I, I don't like Pantera as an entity in general, Doc.
1: Um, when Mouth for War came out. Bunch of sounds that I'd never heard in metal before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard the bass turned up that loud, but like not 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 since seventies Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard a snare drum recorded like that before.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd, I was suckered. Um, I too for a bit. Mouth for war. Um, what, what what's his fucking hostile? I suppose. One two three four. Almost every day. I'm breaking the too. To
2: Invincible. If you can see go you wanna kill? your verbal masturbate The problems that love the age Today I play the part of the not perish Not make all good rules for you to know about yourself Not lying, make you believe what's evil It's making love and making friends in me It's your own way, the right way To see, to bleed Cannot be done It's done, you're making us oh, fucking lost
0: You know, yeah, you know, this is aggro and it's it's got you know, you can slam your fucking arse off um, in a club, um, but you know, it's it, it, it real kind of emperor's new clothes for me.
1: I'll I'll stick by I'll stick by the first two and a half minutes of mouth for war, mm. mm-hmm. um, but when it gets to the bit um, that just kind of literally raises the checkered flag and goes. Um, pick on a little guy and start hitting him now
2: yeah
0: yeah and, uh, and also so something that that, that, that that makes me take again them is that they actually can't play their stuff live because you know it requires two guitarists and they've only they only had one guitarist and they did not kind of bring in like like you know like a, a temporary guitarist to play live so when oh, you hear yeah. them live but territorial, not territorial, territorial pissings of confusing fucking hostile and territorial pissings. I think that's an understandable mistake, by the way, Doc. You know, when they play fucking hostile live, when it goes into the solo section, which on the album has this kind of kick-ass heavy riff blasting around underneath. Well, guess what? Don Bagdowell starts playing his fucking solo and the whole thing falls on its fucking ass.
1: Well, can I tell you something about Pantera that will make you dislike them even more? Go on. And we'll, like, reaffirm what you already think. Actually, um, when they play live, Phil Anselmo, it turns out, is a really competent, capable guitarist. Mm -hmm. But um, he'd rather pose than play.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got some more bad news for you, Doc. There are rumours and rumblings of a Slayer revival. But Tom Araya is saying no. And there is a suggestion that it'll be... Mr. Anselmo on the Vox. What do you think about this stuff?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's no way. There's no way that's Slayer, is it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
0: it... So, so, so it's going to be Phil, Phil Bostoff, Gary Holt, Kerry King, and Phil Anselmo, and you know, there are there are there are persistent rumours of it.
1: So, um, if I could be stuck up for a minute, what does that mean? The Jeff Hanneman project?
0: Mm-hmm. Well. Well, the Kerry King project, basically.
1: Uh, sorry, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kerry King project. You're right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And.
0: No thanks, Doc. No thanks.
1: I mean, I'd... here's the funny thing. Kerry King's lyrics, up until now, have let slip an uncommon an sensitivity and a, I've said this before, I'm only repeating myself, and Kerry still hasn't come around to my house to beat me up. <laughs> um, not a little homosexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'll further that, Doc. Look at the way he used to dress on stage. Yeah. Gay as fuck, man.
1: Um, but, I mean, I, I think it was most of the way through the first album, and I, I, I couldn't stop spotting homosexual panic in, like, every mm-hmm. other set Yeah, I know. I remember. Um and uh, I mean if he being the age he is, um, and being of the stature that he has, um in the world he's, he's, he's chosen to surround himself with, if if he if, if he st- still feels the need to like still surround himself with macho posers like Phil Hanselmo, mm. um well, then um, I'm calling Closet Case.
0: Well, I was about to say, come out of the closet, Kerry. It's OK. We're still going to love you. It makes no yeah. difference.
1: Um, yeah, it doesn't
0: make any yeah. difference, man.
1: Um, uh, you want a tough guy. Uh, you want to see a real macho man. Be like Rob Halford. Do that. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Yeah. Doc, any, anything else to say on that uh, particular subject? Or should we should we get on with the track?
1: <laughs> My opinions and speculations are mine. Um, I'm not claiming that I have any evidence of anything that I say. Uh, I haven't mined out of anything. I don't believe I've come to any conclusions that nobody has possibly come uh, come, come to before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I remember reports of Phil Anselmo's hysterical uh, hysterical overreaction when he was challenged very jokingly about being gay once. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, me
0: thinks but, the lady doth protest too much. Is that what you're saying, Doc?
1: Well, more importantly, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not... Forgot that God knows I'm not trying to out anyone mm-hmm. um, who doesn't want to be outed. So let it be a matter of record. I don't know. I've never met any of these people. Mm-hmm. But um, my, but maybe he's a massive puffer. Well, protest, uh, protesting too much. Yeah, um, fair enough, Doc. In, <laughs> in my opinion egregious displays of machismo and homophobia of that type generally mean generally point me in a certain direction.
0: i get you doc I'll get you uh, um, don't forget guys you can contact us on Twitter at BearCast or on email at sliddanicbearcast at gmail.com and before we get any emails I can say things about gay people because I suck more cock than most women so get out of yourselves let's get on with the show doc Welcome to part two of the show. Here we're going to play through the track, stop it from time to time, have a bit of a wag. Today's track is, of course, Circle of Belief, uh, track six from Divine Intervention. Here we go. Okay. strange opening isn't it that's a really unusual structure
1: um how many cold openings have we had like that before
0: uh, that, that's a great phrase a cold open that's a term that's normally used in in TV isn't it you know like, you know yeah. like, like an episode of trek <laughs> that opens with i don't know they're on they're on the bridge there's a calamity going on and then you kind of see a, a spaceship explode and then it goes into the title sequence that's a cold opening it doc
1: yeah um I first heard it used um, and the next time we get around to talking about Trek um, I need to talk about this as well I first heard, uh, first heard it used in um, the context of Steve botchko series and I, I believe very specifically la law. What they would do is start an episode and instead of fading up and having intro music, um, they'd go straight from the production company title card into the middle of a conversation that was already taking place. Sure. Uh-huh.
0: So you, you just kind of thrust straight into it.
1: Well, it, I suppose the idea was that, because uh, I mean, and, and they'd very often use POV camera with it as well. So I suppose mm-hmm. the idea was that you'd just arrived at work and gone into the morning meeting. Mm-hmm and you just walk straight into this mess of conversations that people are already having.
0: Because that happens at work, doesn't it? That happens. Yeah. At work. That, that, that's, <laughs> a, that, that's a real situation, isn't it? You know, I walk um, into my uh, work at 10 o'clock in the morning, let's say. that place has been running since three o'clock in the morning, so seven hours of shit's gone on, and I just walk into the middle of it.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first time I became aware of the expression cold open. Mm. Um and I mean, even on their briefest, most concise songs, Slayer at least normally pays some lip service to the idea of an introduction. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it does only go dun dun yeah. dun dun. dun. <laughs> 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 yeah. Ador sex with dwarfs. And then they're off. <laughs> and then they're off. Here we go, done. Here we go. Now. Here we go. Here we go now.
0: What's that effect on the guitar, Doc? That is that a flanger? That's, that's phaser. phaser. That's phaser, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Doc.
1: Um, um, Go on, Doc. That's the effect you use if you want to remind people that you're influenced by Judas Priest, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and and um,
0: Kerry King is most certainly influenced by Judas Priest.
1: Yes, he is. He
0: certainly is. Yeah. Putting his influences on his sleeve and and kudos for that, Doc. I, d- I don't
1: mind that. Definitely.
0: That's all,
1: know I'm gonna say that's Jeff. Oh, that's Kerry, doc. No, no, been oh,
0: you're doing so well. God, you've been doing you do so well. Recently. You have. But anyway, you know, if every, if every, everyone's got to come to an end, that was Kerry. Here we go. Let's press on. <laughs> It's fast, isn't this track? I mean, it's rocking along, but it, it, it doesn't feel like a blazer. But I tell you what, the beat for <coughs> me is fucking kicking it.
1: Um, if you've ever watched 24-hour party people, um, there's a great bit where um, the very young, very, very, very young Joy Division are doing their first recording with Martin Hammett and uh, Stephen Morris starts playing and he hits the drums a lot, and he hits the drum. And, and Martin Hannett goes, "Stop! Stop! Fucking stop! Fucking stop! Fucking stop!" And he goes, "Right, nobody's played drums like that for about thirty-five thousand years. <laughs> um, I want you to pay, play slower but faster." <laughs>
0: That's a great line. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Imagine that (laughs) construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favourite Joy Division track is, you know, I mean, maybe a bit predictable, but, but it's Transmission. love it. it is just the fucking speed and ferocity of that guy's drumming he's a fucking machine on that track
1: um he really isn't he's a skinny little scrote as well
0: he is yeah it's it's incredible man yeah metalhead's out there Don't, don't check this guy playing drums man it's really really impressive um here we go Come on, Doc. Have they tricked you? Name that solo. What do you think?
1: Well, you see, I, I would still have said, um, I've got to do the Jeopardy here and imagine I haven't seen what's inside the first mm. door. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still say that's Kerry.
0: You think that's Kerry?
1: Yeah. That's Jeff. That's Jeff. Here we go. <laughs> go, on.
2: go on.
0: You have to have a final start. Off we go. Superb. <laughs> What's with this mid pace crap, Doc? What do you make of this bit? Well, it's just a bit of a chance to breathe, isn't it? Oh, you think so. So, so they've kind of unleashed a bit of fury, and, and now they're just kind of uh, stepping back.
1: Um, I mean, would, would it be too sardonic of me to say it's called dynamics? Right, oh, Doc, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but do, do, you, do you just find it, like, a bit limp-dicked in the middle?
0: It's a bit limp dick stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I really like
0: that opening. I like the fact that they kind of blast straight into the track. I like the intensity of the first bits, and this bit just feels a bit fucking lame.
1: It's typical. What it makes me think of is something that a lesser thrash band would do. Mm-hmm. Um, a Overkill would would play that
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. i I still love the production i like the sound of it this lovely warm production i love on this album i I like all of that and you know i like the little flurries on the guitar and stuff but it just come on where's the fucking spice where's the spunk basically Hmm. you know what i mean um here we go Maybe, maybe maybe they're gonna spunk on us right now let's find out Is dark, a bit of distortion on Tom's vocals. That's, that, that's new, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, could, could this be Slayer dabbling with industrial metal a bit? Wow,
0: well, you know? It, it, it's about the right time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not precisely happy at Slayer, like, finally, two years after the fact, jumping on the Nine Inch Nails bandwagon. Mm-hmm. um, Or because I'm the most appalling poser and uh, because I'm the most appalling scenester. 27 years late, jumping on the throbbing gristle (laughs) bandwagon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, I think it goes quite well with the track. It fits,
0: doesn't it? It does fit. So I get why they did it, but it's just a new technique. And here's the thing, Doc, six six albums in, God bless you. Keep trying. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean...
1: it's rankly hypocritical for me to lord all kinds of movies and bands, et cetera, et cetera, from, for drawing from cool influences. And then to suddenly turn on the band for drawing on an influence just because I don't particularly happen to like that influence. No, mm,
0: hey, you're right. It, it worked for me. I just uh, didn't, just wanted to point it out. Here we go. Yeah. Then me get that, which is just pure fucking slayer. That, that little fucking yeah. breakdown there, that is pure slayer, man. Just sounds evil, man. Definitely. I'm getting the eyes from the
1: dark. Someone just say, my friend? Um, Did you notice a distinct something happened to the production during that last bit? Hang on. Let's skip back a bit. Hold on. I'm,
0: far, I'm far enough back. What happened,
1: Doc? What did you hear? I might even be imagining this, Mm. and I might have doubled down on my imagining of it the second time because I was expecting it. There was something on the production of the whole track, the the, the tiniest bit of echo or reverb or some sort of spacing effect. Maybe it was like pushing the stereo effect further Mm -hmm. out of the centre and towards the left and right.
0: I thought there was a slight increase in volume which suggests that it's kind of like two cuts, basically, like two recording sessions
1: of yeah. some kind. Yeah, that had not occurred to me at all. Um, I found myself thinking, hmm, I wonder if there's a video to this track, and I wonder if in that bit of the video, like I don't, it's it's like a um, a performance video or something, mm. and I wonder if... During that bit of the video, there's a massive pullback like from the stage or to, to show the whole entire stadium or something. Because yeah, it's that's what the the change in sound maybe. It it had never occurred to me that it was two different cuts mm-hmm. together. Mm. It's,
0: it's the splice, splice. man. Is it, isn't isn't there a famous Beatles track where we can hear this? Is it strawberry fields where you can hear the splice?
1: trying those people were trying to do so much with such crude equipment mm. um, and very very unreliable equipment as well and mm. I mean it, it wouldn't surprise me if because I mean Strawberry Fields has got it's got reverb on the vocals mm-hmm. uh, it's got Mellotron um, and everyone knows that Mellotrons never work the same time twice Yeah, do the same thing twice um, it's got a bunch of really new analog electronic effects and I, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that track like took twelve or fifteen takes to get it right. So I, I, I don't know, but yeah,
0: my memory is that they kind of I think they recorded it in two separate places, And right. for whatever reason. Like the first half was great in one location, the second half great in another, and then they tried to kind of splice it. And you can hear it basically; you can hear like the, yeah. that moment. But, you, you, but only when you, only when it's pointed out by, like, an audiophile nutter,
1: you know? Um, you see, here's the thing, that if it was on one of those very early, late 60s psychedelic tracks, I might well hear it and I might well spot it and I might just well chalk it up a, 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 as um, a conscious decision. Yeah, just kind of um, fo- I mean, fucking with you when you're tripping, basically. There's the um, there's the very obvious one on um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds at the end mm-hmm. of the first verse.
2: Picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope the eyes, celebrating flowers of yellow and green, towering over your head. the
1: That was a girl with the sun. Um, I've never heard anyone say that was the result of two takes, and that was clearly that, that was clearly something the producer did.
0: Elucidate, sir. I
1: don't know. I don't know the story. No, but um, just suddenly out of nowhere, um, the reverb starts. Mm. All right. On the the whole thing, but there's no there's no sense of a reverb control being pushed. It it doesn't fade in. There's no sense of a fader being applied or a dial being turned up. Mm -hmm. Like it's not there, and then it's there.
0: Then it's there massively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I've, I've never heard anyone say that's the result of two takes. It's it's obviously a decision the producer made.
0: Mm. Right, oh um,
1: we've
0: got a minute to go. Should we, pl- we just play it out? What do you reckon?
1: Yeah.
0: Then, then I'm going to be cruel and say, name that solo, Doc.
1: Oh, well, that's got to be Kerry, surely.
0: That is Kerry. You got it. Yeah. You're, back on, you're back on track. Here we go. Five, media, alpha, fallacy, the systematic- There we go, guys. Uh, Track six from Divine Intervention, Circle of Belief. Uh, What do you think, Doc? It's a
1: mixed bag, isn't it?
0: It is. It's all over
1: the place, isn't it? Um, And that's not a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be one of those tracks that I appreciate more than I actually like. Mm. Um, I'm intellectually and academically glad that Slayer is still doing new stuff and um, still sort of trying to upend the barrel, mm. uh, still trying to pull new ideas out. and They just happened to do it in a track that I ended up not liking very much. And I hate it. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beginning and end of it, really. I like the
0: phasing stuff on the guitar. Yeah. That's new. I like that. I, I, I like, the, like the distortion on Tom's voice. That's new. I like that too. Um, so, you know, so they've kind of took two new ingredients, basically, into this track. And, and uh, I think they both work. Um, I like the pace of it, apart from that kind of lame-ass limp dick, uh, kind of 15 seconds, basically. I'll oh, forgive that. Um,
2: yeah.
0: It's all right, eh? Um, has
1: it got a killer roof in it, in your opinion?
0: No, I don't think it has. No, I don't think I, 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 I think I think that's kind of the, that's my problem with this track. It is pretty unmemorable. Um, I look at this, I, you know. I look at the, the track listing for this album, and this is one of maybe two or three where I can't instantly remember what that track sounds like based on sure. the title. Um, I think fictional reality suffers from this. This one does, and there's still one to come that does as well, which I won't, which I won't name at this point. Um, so that's problematic. You know, if, if I think about Seasons, South of Heaven, Rain in Blood, you know, <clears throat> tell, tell me the track title, in my head, that song starts playing automatically, you know, like a fucking jukebox, basically. Um, yeah. Whereas this track does not, even though it's got a proper chorus. And so that should trigger the track, shouldn't it really? Um, you know, the, the chorus has the track title in it, but it, it just doesn't. Um, it,
1: it, what can we say, Doc? It just ain't catchy enough, is it? Um, so here's a future discussion topic. Is it possible to have open brackets, a Slayer track in particular, close brackets, open brackets, any metal track at all, close brackets, unless it's got a great riff?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... No, I I, I think you need a killer riff. Yeah, I think think that's the basis for how you write a great metal song, isn't it? Having a fucking killer riff.
1: Um, It's amazing, isn't it? And you you discover this not just in music, and particularly not just in metal, but things that you do, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that can go right or wrong to varying degrees, but there's always one thing, and you can't get away without it. Um, And... I'm trying hard to think of an example of a metal song that I love that hasn't got a killer riff. No. And I can't.
0: No, I can't either, Doc. I can't either. Doc, I think we both agree this is kind of a bang average song musically. Sure. Should we investigate and find out if it's bang average or above average or below average lyrically? I mean, there's a lot of words here as well. There's a lot of words to get through. So, should we crack on? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to part three of the show. What do we call it, Doc?
1: Evil speak. Yeah,
0: like that. Here we're going to read through and dissect the lyrics that Tommy's generally screaming out. us. Dave, hey, here's the thing, guys. This song has got a fucking shitload of, of lyrics, and I'm going to get up at fucking five in the morning. So we're we're going <laughs> to, you know, let's be let, let's be real. We, you know, we're going to do our best, but we we're, we're going to. We're going to kind of press through them and analyze them as best we can, but we can't dissect this to the to the level we normally do just because of the the the, the, just the number of the number of words involved. There's too many words, doc. Too many words. I'll kick off. Here we go. Can't explain the other side, answers lost before their eyes, violent surges from inside, a state of mind that never dies, born into a chosen way, life that doesn't fit today, to die a painful death it seems is better than your misery, contemplating, rearranging, changing all your ways of thinking, and then Kerry's lead line kicks off, here we go, um, He's banging on about God, isn't he, Doc? Banging on about God and Christianity again, god Kerig, and his fucking obsessions.
1: Yeah, um, and I think there's a definite trade out of quality for quantity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's there's not really a lot to mine out. I, I mean, it's I'm not saying that they're, they're bad lyrics, but there's there's not much you can really mine out of them, is there?
0: Well, it, it, because, you know, to borrow your wonderful expression, Doc, it's so cock-obvious, isn't it, what he's talking about? Yes. You know, it, 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 um, it, 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 it's an anti-Christian diatribe, basically, isn't it?
1: I'm still rolling with, and I'm by no means fixated on it, I'm not insisting that this is what it is, I'm still rolling around with this idea of this whole thing being a concept album um not maybe not about the thing that i thought it was but i think in part at least this is an answer song mm-hmm. we had the song a little while ago about the spree murderer or you know like the the workplace shooter or something like this sure and i think it's possible to read this um as effectively the the reply or the answer piece to the guy who's being shot mm-hmm. um and it's it reads to me very it, Quite a lot, like, well, come on, then you'd only be doing me a favor. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, so, so the victim is kind of accepting of his fate because it's better than his kind of it's better than his life.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, all religions, including Christianity, have 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 a prohibition against suicide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if you're all, if if you're in that condition, um, having an honourable way out, having the chance to to get murdered. Mm. Let's you off the hook in a whole bunch of ways, doesn't
0: it? Certainly does, yeah. Uh, Which particular lines are are pointing you in this direction, though? In his first first stanza?
1: Well, specifically, to die a painful death, it seems, is better than your misery. But that's Jesus, isn't it? Um, Well, don't Christians all have... Don't committed Christians actually all have a Christ complex? Mm I mean, would, isn't there a little part of all Christians that wants a martyr's death?
0: I agree with what you're saying. Um, contemplating mm. rearranging. Rearranging what?
1: I don't know, but no. um, I, um, I've i only just noticed. Um, well, that's slam on, isn't it? Well, completely coincidentally. Um, it's also a line from um, Playing with My Heart by the Eurythmics. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> If Slayer did that consciously, that is the most wonderful thing in the world ever. That's great, yeah. Dr. Do uh, here's hit, hit us with the next
0: few lines, if you would. Um. Every day like into a hole. Acting out to rule a to
2: another set of values takes a toll. in a to that plays on your
1: Every day your life seems like it's pushed into a hole. Acting out another's needs to rule a soul eternally. Adjusting to another set of values takes its toll. Growing in a lunacy that plays on your stupidity. What an amazing metric scheme. Wow. Every um, like, it's a
0: hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and, um, round, and round, round and round.
1: Um, and it kind of is that meter. Um, and obviously. That Wheels on the Bus song um, is often used in adult life as a metaphor for the endless grind of life when you're nobody. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the, rat, rat, the rat race, basically.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, I, I don't even know whether it's even available anywhere in the world, but if you can find a short sample of the track Round and Round by First Offence...
0: Six o'clock alarm calls match you in the head. Open your eyes, die there, your brother to be dead. Go back your business and do it all quietly and be another robot into this society. Everything by your rules, even if the dead, you ever stop to feel what you're doing when you're 30? A plasticine prison with a plasticine life, with your plasticine kids and your plasticine wife. Easy to manipulate, easy to be told. What we have to do is not the smash and back to where we started, back from where we came.
1: And uh there's, there's there's a line in that, it's something like. Oh, staring at the ceiling and remembering when you were young and free never had a thought about a wife and kids and now you're married with three and it uses the exact same meter uh, and, and then it rephrases the central meter for, for extra monotony so every day your life it seems is pushed into a hole acting out another's needs to rule a soul eternity adjusting to another set of values takes its toll Growing in a lunacy that plays on it's very very clever. I love that. Mm-hmm.
0: Did, 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 did he ask deliberate by a, by old uh, Mister King here?
1: I we learned long ago never to underestimate what a subtle poet Kerry King can actually be. It's true. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, at this point, yeah, I'm absolutely willing to believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for um, you, Doc. Yeah, he planned it.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the, the quality of the words, so, you know, the, we, we're happy with like the, like the metre of, of, of the poetry here. The actual words themselves, is it just, I don't know, um, there's stup- uh, the, the, the judgment here. Again, we, we, we do often comment, don't judge often, but there's definite judgment here.
1: I don't think there is, because as I commented in the first verse, I think these words are reflective. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think this is the the person, at least in part, addressing themselves. Oh,
0: oh, fair enough. Yeah. So this is like almost like internal monologue. Internal monologue. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Interesting. Um,
1: Shall we move on because time is not our friend?
0: Chorus time. Circular beliefs, secrets to never keep. Living in a lie, right before your eyes. Born without a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly got there, though. Born without a brain. How <laughs> oh, fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've, you've touched me off. No, Hang on, I'll try again. Circular beliefs, secrets to never keep. Living in a lie, right before your eyes. Born without a brain, helpless in your name. All you do is pray, living is your pain. I like that last line, very kind of uh, bloody nihilistic and, you know, dark and twisted. Uh, born without a brain. Again, this is like judgment. Terrible line, by the way, but, yeah, but, but it kind of continues that judgment. Are you still saying that this is like reflective, this is the inner thoughts of, of an individual? I, I was born without a brain. I'm thick as big shit. I
1: kind of am, because mm. if it's... If it is judgmental, um, if it is Slayer laying down vengeance on someone, it's mm-hmm. utterly uncanny. They've, they've never written like that. They've, they've had their moments of always um, steady on.
0: I'm, I'm going to throw a pronoun at you though that, that makes me think maybe you, you're incorrect here, Doc. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Right before your eyes. Well, why is he saying your eyes if it's reflective? Is it right before my eyes?
1: Um, No, because all all the way through the track, um, he's addressing himself in the third person.
0: Oh, I see. So it's it's, it's like a distancing, a distancing technique of some kind, psychologically. Um, Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, it's it's how um, in in film noir, the voice the voiceovers in film noir, the person always refers to themselves in the first person. I knew the dame was trouble. How did I know? Because she was talking to me. Um, And there was a trend, and you're going to ask me for an example in a bit. All right, actually, um, I almost had a good one then. I'll try Mm. and come up in time for Chow next week. There was a trend around about this time for when there are interior, when there are voiceover interior monologues in films, the person refers to themselves in the third person. Mm -hmm. Um, look at yourself, Mm -hmm. take a good look at yourself, what are you doing?
2: And
0: in fact, when I think about it, I've done this, and I'm sure you have as well, Doc, and everybody listening has, you do something stupid, I don't know, let's say, let's say you go into the cupboard and you pluck out a jar of pickled onions and you open the jar of pickled onions, and And as you open it, it, it goes all over the place, and you go, you fucking idiot. No, yeah. you know you. So you do talk about yourself in the third person in that way. So yeah, I, I I take that doc. I can take that. Um, Good doc. Your turn. Mentality small you
2: can't accept The
1: Mentality so small you can't accept another side. Your point of view and memory, because it doesn't mean a thing. The resurrection's waiting for a world without a sin. The temples will all crumble while awaiting for it to begin. Mm -hmm. Right, so um, I think we've got proof, as much proof as we're ever going to get, that this meter was absolutely intentional, because he's bent the grammar out of shape to accommodate Mm -hmm. the meter, to to stretch out the meter of that last line. Um, A world without a sin would fit the exact same metric beat of the temples will all crumble while awaiting uh, while waiting to begin. Mm-hmm. He stretched it out while awaiting for it to begin. Sure,
0: yeah. So, yeah, um, so, so, it's kind of using, he's, he's kind of using po- a poetic device here in terms of the meter to kind yeah. of accentuate the point that he's making in the words. That's what he's saying, in yeah.
1: Yes, and he's bending the grammar out of shape. He isn't <clears throat> particularly breaking it, but he's bending the grammar out of shape to do it. Mm-hmm. There's a clear reference to Judges 18 here. The temples will all crumble. I assume that's a reference to, if it is, it makes no sense. Um, the temples will crumble is, is, is a reference to the, the biblical prophecy that was brought about by Samson, um, who famously brought down the temple upon his own head. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the... Um, who were his persecutors? Um Philistines, the Philistines. I am assuming there is another biblical reference to the temple's crumbling. Um, I have a suspicion it's in Ezekiel. um, And I have a suspicion it's a reference to, um, it's either Ezekiel recalling the destruction of the first temple before the Babylonian captivity, or as many have claimed since, um, it's Ezekiel casting a prophecy about the destruction of the second temple in 70 AD.
0: I wondered about like, the walls of Jericho as well, because it not that the wall of a temple?
1: Um, no, it's the wall of a city. Oh, um, OK. So uh-huh. that's when um, that's the bit that people really don't like to talk about. It's the bit in the middle of the book of Genesis when the Jews are going on a genocidal rampage
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and torturing and raping and stealing um, and God's helping them.
2: Isn't it to do
0: with the trumpets in some way?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, well, um, they um, they know they can't breach the fortified walls of Jericho by by, by force of arms, um, and um, Jehovah, the great, the loving, and the merciful, basically goes, uh, "Don't worry, I got this." your trumpets, um, and then he swats the walls down, sure. um, so they can get into some. Um, some, so
0: they can get into the Muslims inside, is that right?
1: Yeah, well, um, the, the, they're probably about 3,000 years too early for them to be actually Muslims, but... Right. um the, the the uncircumcised Moabites. Right.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I did, I'm not a Moabite, Doc, and, and I am circumcised, so I'm safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well... We, 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 we both we're, we both pass the dick inspection
0: we would yeah i'll, I'll be i'll be okay in jerusalem doc. I'll, I'll
1: get yeah. through yeah um whose turn is it doc um well i'll do another one if you want go on circle of beliefs secrets never keep living in a lie right before your eyes losing is your way mental destiny i can see a strain you don't want to be saved circle
2: of
0: I mean, I presume it's not about somebody on the toilets having a terrible time.
1: No, I don't think so either. No, <laughs> okay, um, yeah. I
0: wouldn't, put, was, I wouldn't was, put anything past him.
1: If it was called Ringer beliefs, it would be completely different.
0: Sure,
2: yeah. Um,
0: Again, it, 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 it's just like a chastisement of, of Christian belief, isn't it? Yeah? Like mm-hmm. living in a lie, rock for losing his way, mental destiny. It, 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 he, he's just kind of cussing out. Christians, left, right and center in Doc?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, is it just a, a very crude equation of being religious with being mentally ill?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, th- yeah, I think so, that mental destiny. Um, um, you don't want to be saved. What's he saying there? Like, you know, they're, 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 they're some kind of rank hypocrisy. So you claim to be Christian... You claim, you know, that, that you want your soul to be saved, but your behaviour is terrible. So it, it, it's
1: obviously a lie. You'd need to ask a more committed Christian than me, being not a committed Christian at all, um, what they understand by the concept of salvation, because it's always been the most mystifying. I don't mean mystical. It's always been the most mystifying and hard to understand part of Christianity for me. Um the philosophical part of it i understand the historical part of it i understand the ethical and moral part of it i understand um and even the personal political part of it i understand the business of salvation what salvation means has always been an absolute mystery to me what was uh, so we're constantly told jesus gave his life for our salvation mm-hmm. but the only reading i can ever take away from the old testament is that um, God incarnated Himself as a human to understand what it meant to be human. Um, after which, basically, He chills the fuck out. And after the like, after He spent a lifetime as a human and understood that there's this creation and there's good and bad about it, um, but actually, God's responsible for all of it. And this concept of salvation. Um, I mean, so God turned Himself in a human, in, into a human being to save His creation from Himself. Is that right? Yes. And yeah. the extension, and, and the extension of that is that the crucifixion is that God sacrificed Himself to Himself to appease Himself because mm-hmm. I guess I, He was really mad that day.
0: Yeah, and, and somehow that also spawned some kind of ethereal version of Himself too. To, to 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 create the holy trinity of god jesus and, and the holy ghost in some yes. way um somehow um
1: so I, i've i've got I, i've i've never understood salvation um if jesus is god if jesus is god made flesh why did he have to be why did he have to arrange to have himself tortured to death to achieve salvation if he's god why couldn't he just have gone yeah okay i, I get it now um, you people uh, your people's lives are not as easy as I thought they were isn't um, he you know what? Absor-
0: not he though oh, sorry sorry to interrupt isn't he kind of absorbing all of our sins into his own corporeal body so we're all terrible terrible deviant sinful creatures and Jesus the passion of the Christ Jesus's torment at the end is all of all of the sins of humanity up to that point are kind of made manifest in his body. And he has to bear that. He has to carry, literally carry the burden of that. He has to carry that cross, basically, in order to somehow kind of save us. And it's only our belief in that being true that can ultimately save us from ourselves. Does that make sense, uh, Doc? Does that
1: make any more sense than the Bible? It makes no fucking sense to me at all. Um, I mean, if it said that you know, God lived his life as a human being and understood that being human wasn't a bowl of cherries mm. um, and because, um, I mean, all the way through the Old Testament God atones for a little while and goes, eh, looks like I fucked up there, uh, you know. Um, this time it was me that broke the covenant so, um, you know, usually it's you people, but on this occasion I broke the covenant um, and I won't do that again, promise, until the next time. Mm. <laughs> um, but you get to the end of, of the Gospels in the New Testament and I don't there's no part of me that understands why God can't just say um, yeah sure I get it now um, have salvation
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then you've got to ask yourself well salvation from what? salvation from the wrath of God one assumes
0: mm-hmm. so
1: why can't God just decide to not be wrathful exactly yeah with his mm-hmm. creation um, the, the,
0: the, this is always my problem with, with, with the kind of Christian faith you want me to believe in this deity that is that is kind of vengeful and wrathful. And if I don't believe in him, then he's gonna like, turn me into a, you know, figuratively gonna like, turn me into into a pillar of salt and make me suffer for all eternity.
1: You're just a big bully. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, and, and it's 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 this nature of sin and salvation. Mm-hmm. Um it reminds me nothing so much um of. And it, it reminds me of think so much of the story of O um, and the, oh, yeah. the, the central part of that um, is that effectively René um, can't just bring himself to to torture O, he needs some pretext for doing it, so he consistently prostitutes her to other men mm-hmm. so he then has a pretext for punishing her mm-hmm. um,
0: Look what except, you did, basically. Look what you did,
1: basically. Well, look, literally. Look what you made me do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, except, of course, it backfires horribly on him because he has no understanding of what masochism is. It,
0: it's like the abusive um, partner, isn't it? Basically, you know. I did. I, I. didn't want to backhand you, but yeah. You
1: know,
0: you you, you fucking you know you undercook the the steak, basically. Something like that.
1: Um, well, it, it's it's not, in the case of God, it's not even controlling behaviour. It's, uh, it really is like that. Uh, God is constantly prostituting out his creation to natural disasters, to wars, to demons of temptation, to all of this stuff, uh, just so he can get it on with the smiting and go, look what you made me do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I am not surprised that, the Catholic Church is, or everything about Catholicism is so soaked in sadomasochism. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as you
0: know, Doc, I, you know, I've I've lived the life, man. You know, I, I was born into a Catholic family, went to a Catholic school, and renounced my Catholicism from about the age of seven when I re- I started to refuse to say the Lord's Prayer, and i' got in terrible trouble. Um, you know, because I, I could just I, I could just see through the, the entire bullshit of the oh, whole
1: thing I, I got in trouble at about age seven as well because i mean the, the, there was there was a lot about um cambodia on the news and we, we're actually doing the fundraiser for cambodia at primary school and it, it it got to easter um and i said well you know it wouldn't have been very nice but actually jesus was only crucified for about seven hours and then he died um You know, there's there's this thing in this handout that we got to read in the church magazine Mm. uh, about these people in Cambodia who are being systematically starved to death over days and weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Isn't that just as much suffering? Mm -hmm. And I I didn't exactly get into trouble for it, but it was very sternly explained to me um, that um, Jesus felt things and therefore suffered more than any human being could ever suffer. Right. Any
0: any poor Cambodian suffering under the... Cruel regime of the fucking Khmer Rouge.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, uh, presumably um, being skinned alive um, and then, or, or boiled in a cauldron of water that's heated slowly from from nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that doesn't care. That, that, that's 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 not real, sir. That's nothing, man. That's nothing. Um, Look to
0: the Christ. Look to the Christ, Doc. Come on, Doc. We've got lyrics to get through. Fascinating, as fascinating as this is, genuinely, um, you know. Why did Kerry write so many fucking words, Doc? Because I, I really want to get into these conversations, but we've got to get through these fucking lyrics. The Can't you see? There's no validity. Must control, silencing of souls. Show decay, spreading through your brain. Devastate the deviant will dominate. Can't you see? There's no validity. Your way is not the only way. Slow decay is spreading through your brain. Don't you see the power of the enemy? Tyranny, total supremacy, control. The silencing of souls, slavery within the entity, devastate, dominate. That is, it does carry on there, but I think that's a right point for us, because um, that's kind of a long enough piece of uh, to, to, a piece of text. Um, what do you think of here, Doc? What's going
1: on? Um, so in the previous stanza, uh, he makes a comparison to mental illness. In this one, I think he makes a comparison to Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, slow decay is spreading through your brain. Sure. Um, Or
0: I'll take out Simon's, or is he saying that you know, from birth basically, we are being programmed to believe this this kind of Christian nonsense, so that's the slow decay spreading through the brain throughout throughout our
1: lives. Yeah, I I, I don't see why not, mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting that for, for two verses in a row, um, he's compared the religious experience to some debilitating condition of the mind, the bleak-stroke brain. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like this use of the word way, you know, the, the, the repetition of way. is The yes. way, you know, that kind of connotes kind of uh, Jesus, doesn't it? The way, you know.
1: It's something, and I mean, once again, i um, I'd really love to get the opinion of someone who has been raised in this stuff, or God help us all, maybe even practices this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the way is a very um, Pentecostalist um, way. It's it's something I can't, I intrinsically associate with um, charismatic preachers, mm-hmm. um, either from the southern part of the US or possibly nowadays more from West Africa.
0: I work with uh, a guy. I work with a guy who. Has mentioned the way to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, he's also he's a Freemason. He's a black guy, Freemason. Kind of. I don't know what kind of church he goes to, but he's not. It's not like a Methodist or Catholic or Anglican church. It's definitely like a like I Pentecostal or yeah. You know what? You know one of those churches. You know the ones that you, I don't really know what they are. Um, and yeah. There's all, it seems to me there's almost like a like a cult. I mean, as if religion isn't a cult in itself, but, but you take my point. You see the distinction here. It, it just feels more cultish.
1: Um, I think the thing you're referring to is uh, Pentecostalism is initiatory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that he's a Freemason because obviously calling yourself a Christian and being a Jewish devil worshipper
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, would, would, would sort of seem to be slightly contradictory. But um, Freemasonry has... And God knows how they came into Freemasonry, but Freemasonry has elements of um, Egyptian initiation cults. Um, of um, one of the reasons it's supposed to be so blasphemous is it contains a um, a death and resurrection ritual,
2: right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which the um, each candidate has to undergo,
2: mm.
1: um, and they're they're put into a grave and wrapped in a shroud. Um, and they have to hold the skull and crossbones, and then then the um, the, uh, the grandmaster resurrects them. <clears throat> um, I've,
0: I've, I've asked him about the rituals, and he, and, and he he just says I can't say. And, uh, and uh, one that made him laugh, I, I said, "Are there are there owls involved?" And he, and he laughed at that. He said, oh, "I can't tell you."
1: <laughs> um, he can tell you. Um, yeah. Freemasons are prevented from disclosing the means by which a Mason may recognise a true brother mm-hmm. um, and the passwords for the temple. Um, the rituals have, are now and actually are always, have, have always been available in many reliable books of reference. Mm. Um, I think I probably told you this story before. Um, I, <clears throat> I found a book about Freemasonry that had belonged to my grandfather um, and I, I, I sort of, after I found it in amongst his stuff after he died, I kept it hidden for ages because I, I I really thought it was like I was six or seven and I thought it was this really like precious forbidden book that I was absolutely not supposed to have. Um, imagine my disappointment probably when I was about 12 when I discovered that the same book was on sale in paperback form for 70 pence in WH Smith.
0: <laughs> That's really funny, eh? yeah. you, you, you thought you had some kind of mystical tome yeah, that's One.
1: great. The, um I assume my grandfather thought it was some sort of mystical yeah. term because I mean it, it was um it was hidden like um at the back of his underwear drawer where my grandma never went and sure yeah. um and it, it had evidently been presented to him or, or it, it was a beautiful thing it was like sort of bound in crocodile and and and, and gold and um mm. had a velvet bookmark in it and um it was a beautiful book But yeah, um, then I found out that far from being a a secret text, it had been reprinted many, many times and and, and had been available as a cheap paperback for ages. Oh, dear, Doc. Dear, dear, dear.
0: Um, (laughs) uh, Let me give you some more words. Can't explain the reason why someone would rather live than die if dying is the only way to end a life of mental sins. All your life he's been the cause, a man impaled onto a cross. Pure religious holocaust, if religion dies, it's not my loss. It's a great line, you know, and, and the way it builds into the music is great And you, because know, that kind of kicks into when, when the track blasts off. So, you know, it really works musically. Uh, but lyrically, Doc, what are we thinking here?
1: Well, can't explain the reason why someone would rather live than die. And I mean, this is... Um, this is pure martyr stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's There's a phrase that um, I'm familiar with, and in many ways I actually advocate myself, which is it's better to... Um, it's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, live fast,
0: die young. That's what I would say.
1: Well, I mean... Does anyone really dream of uh, does anyone really dream of palliative care and fucking plastic tubes coming really, out of you? No, thank you. No um, thanks.
0: I don't want to be up on a hoist with somebody scooping my scooping my kind of compacted compacted shit out of my colon. No thanks, mate.
1: Um, I knew a chap once who had been adamant that he wanted to train for the clergy. Um, and it was quite a smart, it was quite a smart move on whoever devised his training. Um, but his pastoral officer, um, who was in charge of his, 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 his testing, um, sent him to work in an old people's hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the very, very closest he actually got to, um, if there is a God, how can this happen? Mm -hmm. Um, the refugee camp didn't bother him. Um, the cancer ward didn't bother him. Um, but the old people's home really, really got to him. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah um, if dying is the only way to end the life of mental sins, all your life has been the cause a man impaled onto a cross. Um, we're into a bit of retread territory really here, aren't we?
0: Well, it, 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 you know, it, 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 it's it's Kerry just invoking,
1: you know, the crucifixion imagery. Um, well, I don't know if this is churlish of me to say this, but um, it's Kerry doing stuff that Dearside do a lot better, isn't it? Well, you mentioned, I think
0: maybe in verse two, What, what, what are we in verse 13 now or something? You know, you mentioned in verse like two, that. kind of what? what, maybe it was me. Why are there so many words here? Why are there so many words? Because it's just repetition, isn't it? It's just repetition, repetition, repetition. It, it, uh, it makes no sense to me, Doc. Well, what, it, what's going the, the, Slayer are not normally overly verbose. And then suddenly this track comes along and he, it, it's like he wants to write a fucking novel.
1: Um, I think I've got it. I think it's a misreading. I think it's a misreading of Dear Side. Mm-hmm. Deerside rant and repeat themselves all the time because mm-hmm. they're pastiching the style of a southern preacher.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. Um,
1: you know, because they're they from they're from they're, they're from Florida. That stuff would have been very much a part of their upbringing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Slayer are from Southern California, and mm-hmm. that stuff means that 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 stuff means nothing to them. That that they're, they're not drawing from source. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. And they're... If you think of this as not, not not a pastiche, if you think of this as a tribute, homage, rip-off of Deerside, then it makes perfect sense and it explains why it doesn't work. Because when Glenn Benton just belly aches and repeats himself over and over again, he's trying to be the satanic version of one of those preachers, Yeah, um, you know, he just stands there going, do you love the Lord, do you love the Lord, do you mm-hmm. love the Lord, do you, and I don't think any of that stuff means anything to the member uh, to, to the members of Slayer. Well, what's the
0: side track, Doc? You, you'll know this. Jesus, you've been deceived.
1: blasphemy laughs at the Jesus you've been deceived. Suffocating on cross, gagging to breathe. Impel crucifixion, compassion forgot. Eternal damnation. Once upon the cross. Once
0: upon the cross. That's it. What a fucking song that is. Yeah, there we
2: go.
0: That's what you should be doing, Gary that is fucking nonsense. <laughs> Jesus, you've been deceived! What a great line, then. Jesus, you've been deceived. What a fucking t-shirt that should be. Um, (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure it was at some point. Doc, I must be honest. I'm getting sick of these lyrics. Let's let's just get through them now. Hit hit us with the next uh, eight lines, if you (laughs) would.
1: Perception always biased, feeding off a fallacy or systematic way of life decided for you every night. Intentional conflicting words avoid solidarity, blinded by the holy light that constantly consumes your mind. Circles of beliefs, secrets never keep. Living a lie right before your eyes. Burning in my wake, souls are free to take. You're following a fake. Everyone awake. And Everyone some, awake. And... and, 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 and um, um, some. <laughs> Right, three things here. Um, Three things. Um, It's great to get some fantastic Kerry 12-year-old poetry. Um, Moon and June and Croon and Soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um,
0: And then massive slam-on at the end. Everyone awake. (laughs) Oh, they're all awake. Oh, good.
1: Oh, good. Isn't that uh, can't can't you imagine that being part of a, 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 an evangelical sermon? Then,
0: Go everyone on. awake. Oh, sure, I, I understand, and and of course, you know, you know, in the modern world, you know that, that that's like your David Ogilvy, like, wake up, you know, you did, you know. <laughs> But this is 1994, man,
1: you know. Um... The problem is, um, it also ends up sounding a <coughs> lot like um, a rhyme that um, Flora Benjamin would have said in an episode of Play School. Now on BBC One, it's time for Play School, introduced by Don Spencer and Chloe Ashcroft. A house with a door. One, two, three, four. Ready to play, what's the day? It's Thursday. Um, you, you can, you, I, I, I can just really imagine, Floella, right before your eyes, burning in my wake, souls are free to take, you're following <laughs> a fake. And then covering her eyes, count to ten, everyone awake.
0: That's right. Well, just, you know, just, just flip the words, get rid of the, like, the nasty words.
1: Turning in my wake... Boats are free
0: to take. You're following a what could it be, Doc? You're following a lake, everyone awake. You know, so you make it like, <laughs> if you, like a like a party to, down to the local lake.
1: You have to you pause know. and cover your eyes. That's it. <laughs> lake, everyone awake. Everyone <laughs> awake. <Yay!
0: laughs> oh, and talking to day side, by the way, you notice that line there, decide if you're every night it for you every night, carry you motherfucker. Diecided for you, you fucking
1: twat. You know that story. You know that story of mine, don't you? That before I was aware that Diecide were a death metal band, I saw one of their T-shirts hanging up in um, in Swordfish Records, um, and for a long time um, I thought, you know. That's an unusual logo and an unusual T-shirt for well-known straight-edge hardcore band Decide to Decide,
0: so, brilliant, Doc. yeah. I, I think you've told that before, but it, but it, but it merits a retail. Yeah, it's great. Doc, <coughs> that was a fucking chore, wasn't it? Well, I mean, we've had fun,
1: just yeah. not necessarily listening to the song.
0: <laughs> no. Dear God, I like the song, the lyrics, really, honestly, Kerry. What, what were you thinking? It's, it's, it's just like a stream of consciousness, I suppose, and you he, know, just got to spew it out. Um, I, I imagine when he wrote the song, he wasn't thinking that, like like 26 years, 28 years hence. No, of a not couple not. of bellends will be sitting, sitting, <laughs> sitting around dissecting them when, when one of them has desperately got to get to bed. I, I suppose he wasn't thinking about that, was it?
1: The selfish oh, no, bastard. I mean it's, it's kind of like people who... <laughs> We're as bad as they are, um, but I've laughed at them in the past. The people who love to point out plot inconsistencies and continuity errors in oh, the God. Sherlock Holmes canon. Oh, yes,
0: yeah. Um, oh, i tell you the, I tell you the worst people, Doc. Worse than those guys are the ones that look for... Uh, uh, maybe discontinuity continuity errors, you know, where... where there's like a, I don't know, let's say let's say a car like, flips over and the next time you see it, the car's perfect. That's continuity, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. You, you, um,
2: you,
0: you, 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 you caught it, Doc.
1: But, I mean, I, I, I just love the fact that, you know, Arthur Conan Doyle dashed these things off in a couple of days and his expectation was that he'd get paid a tenner, the story would be run in the Strand magazine once and shit can the day after and nobody would ever think about it ever... He didn't write the stuff with the the expectation of it being read 130 years later.
0: No, no, of course not. Of course not. And that's why Arthur Conan Doyle is really, really, really rubbish. Really rubbish. Yeah. It's really rubbish. Um. Don't tell anybody, Doc. Let's do it as
2: little ASMR piece
0: for people. Yeah. Doc. Um, Doc. Some people really like Sherlock Holmes. Mm.
1: I've tried to read some of it. I didn't like it very much. I think it's a bit Um, rubbish Well, it's I I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's respected as much as it used to be ever since it's become obvious how influenced by Hitchcock it is. Oh that's right, yeah.
2: In fact I think that uh, I think that Arthur Conan Doyle was just ripping off Tarantino. (laughs) What
1: do you reckon? What do you Um, reckon? Well, I, I think it's even more pernicious than that. Um, I think he it, it was, re- was recycling all of Chris Chibnall's best ideas.
0: Let's get on with the show.
2: <laughs> 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 Ooh.
0: Welcome to part four of the show.
1: It was fucking mystifying. I've got no idea what happened just then.
0: That was great, man. That was great doc. Don't worry about it. Just just roll with the punches, man. Here, we're just gonna give our her, here, we're just going our final thoughts and summations. And discuss anything that we might have missed along the way. Writing credits, music by Kerry King, lyrics, of course, inevitably, after what we've just suffered through, Kerry King. Um <laughs> according to according to Setlist, uh, this was played. Get his duck one times, one times, just the once. Mm-hmm. Um, putting it in joint 97th position. Um, first play and only play, Some somewhere called uh, Hulfred's, Hulfred's Festival on August the 10th, 1995. According to the Loudwire, they put it in 99th position overall, out of 118. Um, here's what they say. Slayer questioning religion. Uh, We've heard this one before. Hell's Ambassadors were in a state of turmoil when tracking Divine Intervention, resulting in an album littered with ups and downs. While Circle of Beliefs channels their more frenzied style, it's a bit too paint-by-numbers, running through second-rate riffs and solos. I've got a couple of problems here, Doc. Um, Well, one question. When tracking Divine Intervention, what what do they mean by that? Tracking it like like laying it down, basically.
1: Mm, it's <laughs> um, it's one of these bullshit euphemisms that pretentious critics like to eat. Uh, uh, they mean recording, mate. Okay, um, yeah,
0: it was a laying it down. Yeah, laying it down. That's what I said.
1: Yeah, uh, it's the same. Re- uh, it's the same way that um, people who write for uh, who, people who leave comments on Rotten Tomatoes and, and and think they're film critics can't resist saying helming.
0: Oh yeah. Oh Christ! I fucking get fucked, guys. Yeah. My second problem every track on this album is being reviewed by the same person. And this person clearly does not like this album. So therefore, his opinions are invalid.
1: I'm assuming that no one gets paid for for writing this stuff. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Well, it, I, music journalism is a really horrible... Must, must, or must, at some point, be a really horrible job mm-hmm. where... You've got to find something fucking positive to say about this album that you're just not in the mood for. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do it for a living, you've got no choice. If you're an amateur, I don't know why you just wouldn't swear off the job. Mm. I don't know. But to me,
0: it it seems clear. It's always the same person that's reviewing um, the Divine Intervention stuff. It's different people reviewing the different album stuff.
2: Yeah. No,
0: give give it to a different person because this guy sure. obviously does not like this album, so it makes no sense, man.
1: Um, I mean, I'm I'm reluctant to say anyone's opinion is invalid. Um, I disagree with it. Mm. Um, I think it would have gone down better if he turned down the job. Yeah. Um, and said, you know, I, I I can't get my head around this. You better give it to someone who can make more sense of it. Yeah
0: somebody gives me the opportunity to like do a critique or breakdown in this way of let's say, I don't know, um um P Sells but Who's Buying by Megadeth? fucking hate that album no no thanks because all me, I'm just going to shit on it all day long you know yeah, what's the point precisely. what's the point um, anyway doc we're done um, yeah. in terms of you know structure for the
1: episode so any final thoughts sir? well it, it's it's just an okay song um, mm-hmm. I don't hate it it's all it, yeah there it is Sorry. There it
0: is. Um I I like I, I like parts of it. I like some of the I like some of the speed of it. Um I, I love that I, I love that kind of uh that phasing on the guitar. I think that's yeah. absolutely awesome. Um I like Tom's kind of distorted vocals.
1: Beyond that. The phasing on the guitars, i just realized what it reminds me of. Go on, Doc. It reminds me of Judas Priest infinitely superior version of dissident aggressor.
0: Both of us really reviled the um, the Slayer version, didn't we? Um, I think I, th- I think me me more than you, if, if memory serves. But
1: well, the thing that stuck out to me was that it was the Slayer version that sounded like grubby, slovenly, can't be bothered, brummy pub rock, and the Slayer version that sounded like huge and American in scope and big skies and bright sun.
0: In fact, I'm looking at the uh, at our at our score spreadsheet here because, of course, I've got that open because I've already I've already nailed my colours to the mast in terms of score uh, for this track, and I can scroll across. Aggressor, I gave zero out of ten to, and you gave an almighty one out of ten to that. So there we go. <laughs> That's what we thought of that. <laughs> Doc, are you ready to pronounce? I am. Yeah. Go on. Give me your swords five five liquescent swords out of ten for the good doctor here and as ever guys I've already I've already I've already filled in my uh, all important Excel cell in my fucking spreadsheet like anybody gives a shit and what I wrote no, in, are you not using Salesforce yet I'm, I'm still on. I'm, I'm, I'm still in, in thrall of Bill Gates mate I, I can't help myself um and what I've given it is four mighty mo Mouldering skulls. Wow. Ten, yeah.
1: Is this, is this one of the very few occasions that I've ranked something mediocre higher than you? It could well be, actually. This, this, it, it, in fact,
0: I would dare to venture, um, and, and I'm sure we will we'll analyse this in our kind of album overview. I dare to venture, this could be the first time you've outscored me on any track Everdoc,
1: I think so too. I've, 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 I've equaled you once or twice, but I don't think I've ever actually. Um, I, I really like the phasey bit. I like the distorted vocals, yeah. and I was able to get past where I thought they'd nicked them from. Yeah, um, there's, and the, you know, it's it's not bad. It's not like it's not fucking shit in a dissident press away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that yawn that we just heard tells us signals that surely we've come to the end of the. Uh... If,
1: I mean, if if I tried to give this less than five, if I tried to give this less than five with a straight face, I'd feel like a poser. <sighs> um... it's a tough track, man. It's a tough track. I don't know. It's weird... it, and
0: it, something we haven't mentioned. It's a weird. It, it's a weird track to put as as kind of you. Side 2 opener. But then again, it's 94, and maybe that shit didn't matter anymore.
1: Yeah, because we're properly into the era of CDs now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're full, we're full CD now. Anyway,
0: guys, that about does it for
1: this episode.
0: Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or an email at gmail.com Join us next time when we'll be talking about the seventh track from Divine Intervention entitled SS3, Slava. Eu